Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For episode four. Oh, sorry. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us tonight here for episode four, uh, season one of The Standoff with Brad and Stunge here on New Zealand Sport Radio. Uh, we're here live every Wednesday evening um, throughout the. Uh, we're here live on Facebook on every Wednesday evening throughout the season. As always, I'm joined by my fellow colleague and long-term league enthusiast Brad Inger. G'day, Brad. Good evening, Sanjay, and good evening to our listeners. And what a weekend we have to talk about tonight. Yes, we do. Um, big news in the um, NRL. Definitely. And um, whilst we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m., you can also catch our show for our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. As always, we'll cover all you need to know in the week that was in the Rugby League, including the top stories of the week, the wrap-up around six, preview around seven, and news on Rugby League from around the world, including the women's game. So tune in to get your Rugby League news. Right, let's uh, top, let's let's crack into the top stories of the week then, shall we, Brad? And of course, um, no, no bigger story this week than the sacking of... Warriors coach Stephen Kearney um, happened nicely and swiftly after the South Sydney Rabbitohs a defeat and uh, quite a shock to the league community, but not a surprise to everyone, Brad. No, that's right. I think I think a lot of people thought it might be on the cards. I think it was more just the way it was done. That was the surprise. Uh, I think a lot of people were expecting it possibly at the end of the year. Um, the, the owners of the Warriors kind of had a a top eight or or you're out approach for the season. Uh, I thought there might have been a reprieve due to the everything that's gone on with COVID and them having to live in Australia. It might have given them a an extra life, so to speak. But that doesn't seem to be the case. No, it seems that the Warriors have once again dumped a coach mid season, and um, we're talking off air about this just before. And it's it's a trend of the Warriors. They've done it before. And it hasn't served them well in the past. And why you would do it again is beyond me. Um, they, they, the, 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 the coaching staff have come out and sorry, not the coaching staff, the, the owners and uh, of, of the Warriors have come out and said, you know, that basically this was um, something that was discussed late last season. And you know, Kearney was put on notice as such, but um, it was definitely a huge shock to Kearney as well as um, you know the wider league community that he was sacked um, after 
Uh, not a bad performance the week before. And, and, and yes, the scoreline wasn't flattering in the defeat on the weekend. But, um, hey, look, we, 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 I think that there was still uh, another game or two perhaps could have been played before uh, they made a decision so swiftly. But um, I guess making it early in the season uh, rather than midway or later, I guess that's where they're going. Well, I guess yeah. what, that's what their plan is. Yeah, and um, Tohu Harris had an interview during the week and said it's been very hard on the team and um, said that with a lot of the young guys there, Kearney was kind of like a father figure for them in this trying time where they're away from family and stuff. So they've taken it really hard. Um, if if that means they come out and they, they try to, to play their way out of it or they just keep going downhill is um, going to be, I guess, the story for the rest of the season. Yeah, look, I mean, everyone would love the dream. The Warriors down, battered, battered down and out, coach sacked, uh, injured players over there without their families. Man, it's a great story. But the reality is uh, it's becoming more and more unlikely that the Warriors are going to succeed this season. Um, and you'd have to be one hell of an optimist to say that they will make the eight, I suppose. Uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, we've seen how quickly the other teams have adapted after COVID and how well they're playing. And whilst there are glimpses, uh, yeah, there just doesn't seem to be uh, any, you know, great level of excitement. So now they're going to have Peyton in for the rest of the season. I just don't see, I just don't see that, how that can be positive. Uh, if he's just an interim coach, so the players now have to, you know, d deal with an interim coach. And, you know, someone that you getting coached by it can't just be a fill-in guy you know what i mean it has to be someone yeah of um you know of stature you know kearney you know he, he he's a great personality and you know the the more and more i hear about him is that he is a fantastic person a great dude um but is he a very good or great coach i think yeah that's the thing that um i guess has been sort of answered in terms of what the warriors uh owners think of him anyway yeah, he's very. It's very clear that he's a personable coach, and I, I think his biggest strength is when he's an assistant, um, where you don't have that pressure. You can be a bit more personable. I think sometimes, <laughs> with, as the head coach, when you're personable, sometimes it, it gets in your way. Um, there's been a lot of complaints by fans that he is a bit soft on his selections, where he'll he'll hold players in that are playing bad a bit longer than people would like and that could be part of the personal um relationship thing i'm not sure i'm not in the room but todd payton's got um a hell of a task on his hands now um i know i ideally i don't think he's going to be the long long term and the search process is is starting it's really concerning that they've made this decision without getting something in place. I know the owners came out and said they didn't want to be speaking to coaches behind his back, but you kind of have to have a game plan for when you go, we're going to get rid of Kearney. These are the guys we're targeting. Um, it doesn't seem that they've done that. Um, obviously they might have, and they haven't come out and said, we're going after Bellamy or anything like that. But um, Nathan Brown's around. Um, I know Paul Kent said Anthony Griffin's the, the guy. Um, Tuvi has come out and said he'll do it. There seems to be a lot of uh, people, but unfortunately a lot of the ones putting their hands up 
are ones that have been out of the game for a little bit or haven't been successful elsewhere. And I think if the Warriors actually want to make this work, they need to get someone in. They'll fix it. I think they need, um, Mark Graham said earlier in the week that they need a complete clean out of the office. Um, I think just switching one coach out, putting another one in, isn't going to fix the problem. Because I, ideally, I don't think coaching is the problem. Um, they seem to be going away from trying to develop younger players, cutting cutting the reserve grade in New Zealand and dedicating it to just being in Brisbane um, was a huge red flag. Um, everyone in Australia has been talking about how we should have the pick of the litter of New Zealand talent, but we're kind of shunning that away completely. So that means it's going to be even worse. And if we're already bad at it now, uh, how bad is it going to get? But then we don't know. In a month, they might say they've signed some fantastic coach and it turns everything around. We just don't know. It's just a, a watch the space situation right now. It, it, it very much is a, a watch the space situation. A couple of points I'd like to add to what you've just said there, Brad. Look, um, he's got the job uh, for the rest of the season, Peyton, and he can look at it in one of two ways. If he can make the eight, he may have a coaching gig with them next year. I think that's pretty clear cut. If he can make the eight, he may have a job next year. Otherwise, they're going to chase someone else. And I don't know if they're going to chase someone uh, throughout the remainder of this season. Uh, no one knows what the Warriors, uh, at the top of the Warriors, what they're planning. Obviously, we hear about it just pretty much as, as, as fast as anyone else um, when you're a fan. So I think that, um, and personally, I think, you know, I, I, I reckon they need to go for the marquee coach. And I think that um, I understand Bennett is making Bennett is off off contract, is he, with the Rabbitohs? He's got uh, another he's year. He's got another he's got year. Another he's, but he's so, come out today and said that all the rumors about him are false, unfortunately. Yeah, okay. Well, um he always yeah, by Wayne, you know, he plays his cards close to his chest most of the time. So don't even don't even take any notice of that. I think if they they got to go for someone like him personally, I, I think that you, you need either the marquee player or the marquee coach at this organisation. Um, and you know, uh, you know, we saw Cooper Cronk win a grand final with the broken arm. I think it was last year. Uh, and you know, these marquee players, marquee coaches, they they stir something in in your performance. And at the moment, the Warriors are just. Um, you know, very ordinary at the moment, and and they've got to be better than ordinary. Definitely, um, I'm sure we'll get some questions about it during our our question segment. So we may as well go on to some more top stories. Um, continuing with the kind of Warriors theme, uh, the Melbourne Storm have had to relocate out of Victoria until further notice due to COVID scare in Melbourne. Um, which is a good thing for the Warriors, it means they don't have to travel to Melbourne; they just have to go up the road a bit. Um, but the Storm um, are going to get a bit of the Warriors treatment now where it looks like they're going to be camped in New South Wales and not allowed to go home. Um, so a bit disappointing for Storm and the Storm fans with all the fans being allowed to come back soon. Um, but, yeah, it's a bit of a shame, I guess, that the COVID thing's still going on and causing issues over there. Yeah, I mean, COVID, COVID is what it is. You can't really... Um... You know, you're, it's, it's not a controllable. Uh, you know, it's not. It's not you. We, you've got no control over it. So just, I guess, you've got to play the cards that you dealt in that situation. Melbourne, a very adaptable side. I don't see them having too many issues playing no. um, in Sydney. 
Um, but yeah, I guess just that home crowd advantage, home crowd advantage. We haven't um, been able to sort of analyse what that's going to do to the teams. It'd be interesting actually because we've seen seven rounds of footy now with no crowd. When the crowd does come back, how is that going to impact the ladder? That'll be something interesting to see in future weeks, Brad. Yeah, definitely. And also with everyone playing um, in these select stadiums, we've had um, Campbell Grounds conditioning. I think you could see in the weekend after a couple of games, um, the the field was all cut up. And in the Raiders-Seagulls game, there was quite a few injuries for Manly. Uh, the NRL have come out and they've said that um, the conditioning of the ground didn't cause the injuries, but they are relocating games from that stadium, give it a bit of a rest, which I think is good. Um, mostly stadiums have got great grounds, but they're not used to playing three or four games a week on them. So um, they've been taking a beating, but with everyone allowed to go back home now, it should it should sort itself out. Yeah, it's a surprising amount of work that goes into uh, the grounds uh, groundskeeping uh, part of the job. People wouldn't see what goes in behind the scenes. Um, and, yeah, there's a lot of effort and a lot of work that goes into it. So when you do play three and four games on a track, it does tend to get tore up. Um, there's been a bit of a sin bin rampage as well in the NRL with the refs cracking down eight sin bin offences over the weekend. Um, yeah, just uh, I guess you know, uh, they're holding the players to the letter of the law a little bit more. Uh, the new rule changes are causing a few more professional fouls. Um, what's your take on it, mate? Yeah, I think um, teams are kind of starting to take advantage of that new rule. So the refs have decided to counteract that by being a bit more aggressive with their calls. So um, there was a few, we'll talk about it in a couple of the, the games coming up, but there was a few Simbins that I don't think would have been Simbins last year, but they're, they're cracking down and, I think that they've got to if if teams are going to start taking the mickey on this new rule and trying to dominate um, the momentum by or just slowing down people with something that they would have got away with last year, but it's not happening now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that Simbinings go up to almost double digits this week or if it comes down. Um, it will be interesting. Yeah. yeah, personally, I'm not a big fan. Like, I don't know. The new rules and all, I I don't, I mean, obviously I like them, but I don't know if I'd want to keep them. Uh, yeah. It has made the game faster, quicker, but I'm not keen to see eight sin bins on a weekend. That's no. 80 minutes of football taken out of the games by a player. That's going to affect the opposition teams. It's going to affect, you know, a, a number of facets of the game. Um, and soon you'll be having, like, even on the weekend, there's a grade two charge on, one of the Parramatta forwards, uh, we'll, we'll cover it off a little bit later on. And it's clearly um, a, a situation where it should be a grade one um, at, at worst. But um, we'll cover that off a little bit later on during the um, Eels game. And, yeah, yeah so um, but I think right now what we'll do is we'll crack into uh, round six. And on Thursday night, we had uh, the Knights versus the Broncos from uh, – and, and sorry, and on the Central Coast at um, Central Coast Stadium, Central Coast. Um, how did you see this one play out, Brad? Yeah, wasn't very surprised, to be honest. I, I expected the Knights to come out and, and get the win, and they did. Um, they, they, they didn't play great. They, they were a bit sloppy. But at the moment, you don't need to play 100% to beat the Broncos because the Broncos have just been um, woeful this year. Um, Daniel 
Safiti. Um, he dominated the match for, for the Knights. He got 226 metres in a try, which is great for, for a young prop. Um, Tavita Pangai Jr. returned from suspension and didn't really do much. Had a nice hit early on, and that was about it. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, look, it's just going from bad to worse for the Broncos. They've got a board meeting this week uh, as a result of um, four straight defeats now. Uh, you know, there's there's there's, um, there's 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 voices of a toxic culture within the environment. There's there's calls for Milford and Boyd to be dropped. Uh, it's just not happening for them. Their 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 aura is dissipating. They are a strong rugby league club. This Brisbane Broncos. They've been around since '88. They've won a number of premierships. They've built up their team. You know, they've built up their reputation as one of the contenders year in year out. And in saying that, uh, they're you know they're, they're they're at the bottom end of the ladder. And um, basically, I would have to say personally that when Bennett was let go, look at what has happened to the Brisbane Broncos since then. It has all happened since that time. And yeah. those the people that the people that were suggesting that it was a good idea to sort of let Bennett go. Well, I'm wondering now if they still think is it a good idea because what's happening to this Brisbane team is that all of their hard work since 1988 is 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 being diminished at the moment over the last couple of seasons and it's not looking likely to get any better anytime soon. So Anthony Siebold is under a lot of pressure. Um, he needs to take charge and get the best out of his senior players, but at the moment I just don't see any reprieve for the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah, no, I don't understand what's happened to them because the first two rounds before the COVID break, they were the team to beat. They put on strong performances. They looked like they were going to be um, head and shoulders above everyone um, competing with the Roosters. And then once they've come back from that break, you've seen teams like the Roosters go from being a bit mediocre in that first two weeks to really turning it around. And they've just done the opposite. And yeah, Seabold, he... Um, Letting Bennett go was a mistake, I, I believe. And, yeah, I don't know how long Seabold's going to be there either because um, the Broncos aren't used to not being in the top eight. So they they need to do something. But what that is, yeah, well, I, I don't know. Good performance, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, good performance by the Knights, though, overall. I think that they played well. They're making advances towards being a top eight team. So, um, yeah, 27 to 6. Broncos are going down again at Central Coast. Um, and that moves us on to Friday night where we had, obviously, the Rabbitohs versus the Warriors. Um, you know, much, much, much speculation about this game if you're a Warriors fan, considering the week before um, beating the Cowboys. And unfortunately, we, we couldn't come up with the goods going down 40-12 to 12 in what can only be described as somewhat of a hiding, um, Brad. Yeah, it was close at the start. They were they were going toe for toe, and um, it wasn't until the Cody Nikarima Simbin that I think it it just deflated the Warriors. They were they were keeping up. The forwards were playing well. Um, they were still making errors, but so were the Rabbitohs. And then yeah, once they had a man in the bin, um, the Rabbitohs hit them with back to back tries. Um, the high shot on Fusatua, which is a bit contentious. Um, it was an accidental high shot, in my opinion, but it should have been a penalty at the least. I think Graham Ellerslie's come out today or yesterday and said that he they made the wrong call and it should have been a penalty try. If they had got that penalty try, it would have been a bit closer and then 
who knows what would happen but the Warriors defense let them down they missed almost 50 tackles it was 41 I believe and if you're um if you're letting that many tackles go you're you're not going to win you know defense definitely a problem for the Warriors um and you know even their attack like uh, I guess you know they had those couple of games earlier on in the season where they didn't score any points and yes we got some points against uh the uh, Cowboys the other week um, but again, just the 12 points, you're not going to win rugby league games by just scoring the 12 points either. I mean, you know, you need a little bit more than that. So, hey, look, a few calls didn't go our way, like you say. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I just think, you know, that, uh, you know, obviously after the game, what happened is, is, is Kearney sacking. And, uh, you know, to that, uh, basically, there, there was an emotional farewell. Uh, Haka performed by the uh, Vodafone Warriors um, after uh, that, that that news had come out. So, yeah, I think, um, uh, Brad, what, what are your thoughts on the uh, Rabbitohs for uh, being, uh, you know, there or thereabouts? I personally don't think they're um, near the top tier teams yet. I think they, they might have a chance of making the top eight. Um, Latrell Mitchell is definitely becoming the player he was at the uh, Roosters again. If he can continue what he's doing, um, they do have a shot. They they seem to be starting to gel a lot better, but Whoop. the Roosters and that they're just a, a league above everyone else at the moment. Yeah, sure, the Roosters and the Eels and perhaps even the Storm, uh, you know, maybe even the Knights are uh, 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 a little bit ahead of them. But did you watch the same game as me on the weekend there, Brad? Because um, I think that those Rabbitohs, mate, I don't know what you're watching, but I think that they are going to be right up there come finals time. I think they're, they're, they're brewing up to be a really good side. Um, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're gaining combinations on the, on the edge of the ruck. Their speed, Latrell Mitchell is starting to play with a bit of form. Um, they're going to be very dangerous, I think. And um, it's actually going to be interesting to see how they go against the Panthers on Thursday night because that, that shapes up to be a good game as well. I know a lot of people will probably be backing in the Panthers um, as I think you know i probably will be too but um it should be a, it should be a hell of a game um but yeah in my opinion um you know the warriors i think just going back to them i think they need to pursue the likes of bennett um if they're wanting to sort of you know make a big big noise and say hey look we want to be contenders uh, they've got to do it they, they, this this has to be a big boy move we can't have another mistake um this has to be the move for the warriors definitely and um They'll bring us to the next game on Friday night, which was the uh, Panthers defeating the Storm 21-14 at Campbelltown Stadium. Um, it was a surprise. I, I definitely didn't pick this one. Uh, but the Panthers <laughs> Panthers look good. Uh, Nathan Cleary was leading them with intent, and um, he's definitely growing into a hell of a footballer. Kakao is... Um, He's very hard to beat one-on-one, -on -one, and he, he had a strong game and was gifted the match winner. Um, Storm, yeah, the Storm appeared a bit rattled from um, the thing. I think that's that's the key to beating the Storm. If you can take it to them early, you can get them off their game, but you've got to play for the 80 minutes because they can claw it back. Yeah, the Storm will always play the full 80. They're not going to give up. They play at the ruck. They play at the edge of the rules. They play at pace. Um, Bellamy just said on the weekend they were outplayed, outaggressed, and out enthused. It was as simple as that. The Panthers um, are a strong team as well. Um, we haven't even—I don't think we mentioned them in the four that we just mentioned previously. But they're going to be—they they look like they're going to be there thereabouts as well. 
Uh, you know, with wins over the Roosters in Melbourne, they've got the Bunnies this Thursday. That should be a humdinger. And if they can manage to beat the Bunnies, then you'd have to say they've beaten three pretty good teams, um, you know, in this year's uh, competition. Uh, Munster kept them in the game to a certain extent, you know, but um, basically they just didn't have any answer for Coruscant on the edge of the ruck. Um, he is transforming the way that they play, actually. And honestly, he is the, he is the buyer of the season so far. Definitely. Um, I think so. Um, James Fisher-Harris as well. Um, he's probably one of the top forwards of the season um, after that performance on the weekend. So, yeah, I think um, the Panthers, uh, they, they're rolling on and um, I'm looking forward to actually seeing them play some footy because the kind of ex- the kind of football that they're playing is quite exciting. And um, that, that, that ruck area is going to be a huge problem, I think, for a number of teams um, in, the, in the coming weeks. So let's keep an eye on that. Definitely. And um, then our, our first game on Saturday was the, the Dragons defeating the Titans 20-8 to at Suncorp Stadium. Um, Dragons, believe it or not, went back-to-back. Um, what yeah. do you think of the game? Yeah, it wasn't the most exciting game of rugby league, but um, hey, look, um, you know, it was good to see Frizzell having a good game. It was the, it was, um, you know, it, it, it was, it, it was a pretty, pretty good performance I thought from the Dragons, considering that they still, um, you know, held those changes that they made in the previous week. They played a little bit more dynamically as a result of that, um, and I think that they are starting to go in the right direction. I don't know if there's enough time in the season for them to be serious. Um, about uh, making the the four or the eight. Oh, I don't know. They're going to be one of those. I think they're going to be one of those outskirts teams. I think they've got the players there, though. So I think that they are one team that, whilst they're struggling and people may have written them off, I think that they've got a lot, little bit more attitude going for them than some of the other teams. That's what I'll call a year attitude. I think that, like the likes of Brisbane, I'm um, even the Warriors now. The attitude is one thing that's really hurting those teams. And I think that the Dragons, even though McGregor, there's been a lot spoken about him, um, and uh, there's also um, you know a bit of conjecture whether he will stay on. I just think that there's something about this Dragons team which can get them, you know, on the fringes of the eight. Let's say. Yeah, the Dragons' spine's really starting to build chemistry. They they made those changes that they needed to make, and they're they're flourishing a bit there. Um, there's the we can't we can't call a parade yet. It was just the Titans who who. Uh, strugglers as well but um they're showing heart this year the titans um they're they i've got a little soft spot for them at the moment they they were reduced to a one-man bench and um we saw what happened to the warriors with the two-man bench and the fact that the titans <laughs> they look like they were still trying to push and um i'm not too many i'm not sure if they'll have too many more wins this year but I think they're they're not going to be the easy beats that they've been the last few years, where you can kind of already tick that one off on the calendar. That there's there's your two points. Um, but it no, was yeah, also oh, sorry, sorry. I, it was also James Graham's possible last game in the NRL as well. Yeah, four hundred games. Sorry. Um, yeah, so four hundred first class games, as you said, um, heading back to the Super League. Um, probably not the way he wanted to go out. But um, at least it gives the Dragons a bit of coin to try to get some marquee player in. Yeah, two grand finals with the Bulldogs, though. So I guess, like, he might not be going out the way that he had hoped, but he certainly had an impact on the NRL. But, yeah, moving on to um, our uh, other games on Saturday, we had uh, the Tigers um, versus the Cowboys in what was uh, a pretty – 
pretty solid uh, win from the Tigers at 36 to 20. And the Cowboys at all sorts on this one. Um, the Tigers actually came out firing with six first-half tries. Uh, so it was a really, really uh, get-out-of-the-blocks kind of performance from them. Um, and, yeah, uh, I just think that, you know, it, it was it was a pretty good uh, victory from the, from the Tigers. Uh, but I think that the Cowboys, there's a lot of uh, questions being asked now. Um, and uh, it's, it's, they've got, like, for example, they've got a tough six-week run ahead. Uh, pressure is mounting on Paul Green. Um, even though he's a premiership winner in 2017, there's 43% success rate since then. And he's on a downward spiral at the moment. Brent Tater has, Brent Tater has come out to say that, you know, he's disappointed in the performances of, of, of this North Queensland team that he was part of once upon a time. Um, and some of the players just aren't doing their job. You know, their attitudes and their efforts are just not there. Well, one thing that, you know, you, you pride yourself on if you lose is if there was a, if your attitude and effort was there and you still lose, then, hey, look, um, you, you, you can't ask for much more than that. You are going to lose rugby league games. But what's happening over in North Queensland at the moment is that what they've built up over the last 10 years, they've built up something great with the likes of Thurston, uh, you know, and, and they're just letting all of that hard work go down the toilet over the last three seasons. And they've actually been in the bottom four twice in the, in, in the last three seasons. And, they're, you know, they're, what they're developing is diminishing very quickly, Brad. Yeah, and I think the scoreline was flattering for them as well because they actually they they woke up a little bit later in the second half and scored three tries in seven minutes to bring that score up. So if that hadn't happened, um, they were on a hiding to nothing. But the the Tigers, they um, their little lone player in Harry Grant, he um, keeps continuing to shine, and I'm sure they're going to be pushing to try to keep him long-term because um, the Storm, they've got Cameron Smith, they've got Brandon Smith. They don't really need another hooker. They'll they'll take him because he's he's a hell of a player, but the, the Tigers will definitely, I think, be trying to swindle a way to keep him long-term. No, definitely, definitely. Um, moving on to uh, the Saturday evening fixtures, uh, we had the Roosters, um, which was pretty much against the Eels, the game of the year, I, I, um, I would say, and I'm sure you'll agree, Brad, um, and yep. also probably the top two teams of the competition currently as well. Uh, the Roosters taking it out 24 to 10 at Bankwest in Sydney. How did you see this one play out, Bradley? Um, yeah, it in it was what I thought it was going to be. I thought the Roosters were going to have have it, but it would be the the closest game the Roosters have had since the break, which it was. Um, it's scary for the other 14 teams that the Eels can go out and put cricket scores on everyone else and then they, they lose by 14 points. Um, but they they had a chance. They, it looked like they were going to get there. Um, Sivo running over Tedesco um, was a great replayable um, highlight to watch, but I think it had the opposite effect um, because the Roosters really seemed to... Um, they really seemed to just come back into the game at that moment. It was almost like... The, the greatest player that they've got threw his body on the line and something he probably, I think a lot of people would have forgiven him if he just tried to tackle Sevo with his arms and missed the tackle, let them score. But it looked like the players really got around him saying if he's willing to throw his body on the line like that, we've got to give it 100%. And I think that's where you saw the Roosters just step it up a little bit. And um, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to to stop them this year. I think the three-peats on. 
Yeah, I think at this stage I'd have to tend to agree that the three-peat is on. We're going to have to see something special, a couple of one-off performances perhaps in that final series uh, to eliminate the likes of this Roosters outfit, which are just getting better with time, aren't they? I mean, they've been around since 1908, obviously, known as the um, uh, you know Eastern Suburbs Roosters. Um, and it's a very proud club, and they are playing some fantastic football. Luke Carey, he's just a constant threat. He's very creative. When he's when he's playing, you know, when he's when he's got the likes of Tedesco on the outside, who's also very much a playmaker. If you watch the game, you would have seen him a few innovative chip kicks here and there. He's basically a second five eight, uh, I guess you could call it. You know, um, so yeah, uh, it's it's it, it was a very um, good good game. Um, lot, a lot of positives for Parramatta as well. I mean, uh, even though they lost 24 to 10, um, they weren't uh, beaten up as such, and they did inflict a bit of punishment themselves. Um, the Nathan Brown uh, tackle is the one that I was referring to earlier, charged with a grade two. He basically, you know, fell into it. Should be a grade one charge. I don't think there's any more to it than that, personally. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a bit hard done by in that Um it's it's good to see another team. It's usually the Warriors that just get done with that, but um, yeah, but but hard done by there. But yeah, I think the the Eels would be disappointed that they they came away with the loss, but it wasn't the end of the world. I think it it showed them where the bar was and that uh, a few tweaks and they they can be really competitive with the best team in the comp right now. So um, I think that's probably helped their confidence more than hindered it. No, well, it was a fantastic game and looking forward to both of those teams playing this weekend and we'll cover that shortly in our round seven picks. Uh, but on Sunday, uh, following the games that we had on the Saturday, we had a very, very uh, solid performance from the Manly Sea Eagles who upset the Canberra Raiders 14 points to six at Campbelltown. Brad, you picked it. I didn't. Um, it was a fantastic game of rugby league. Um, Hasler, Desi has come out and said it's one of the best games he's ever seen the club play and that's that's since their 1948 inception i believe it's 1948 quote me if i'm wrong on that one um but he's he reckons it's one of the best games he's ever seen that team play and the reasons for which um it was a very depleted uh manly sea eagles side if you if you look at the fact that tapal dylan walker uh tom trevojevic they were out um trevojevic being possibly the best player in the competition at the moment and um and of course only um, one man on the bench for the second half. It was a courageous performance from the Manly side and a gutsy one, and they come away with the two points, Brad. Yeah, um, Trevojevic is going to be a huge loss for them. Um, did his hamstring. He's going to be out for eight weeks, which is with the shorter season, it's going to be brutal for them. But they showed they showed so much heart in that game, and um, that was where I noticed how bad the grounds had got. It seemed like every time you looked up, there was another Manly guy down. And um, the Raiders, they were just sloppy, and it's it's getting a bit worrisome. Uh, the last few weeks, seen they they don't seem to be at the level they were at the start, where it looked like they were going to continue their run of form that they had last year. Um, I know Ricky Stewart was frustrated, and he highlighted the struggling attack. And um, yeah, I think they can fix it. I think it's just a few tweaks. Ricky Stewart, he, he's he's a smart coach. He'll he'll get them back on the the right the right trajectory. And um, yeah, I I feel sorry for whoever's facing the Raiders this week. Yeah, look, the Raiders, the Raiders, they they they've had a couple of bad losses now. Um, but 
Um, I don't think it's, uh, you know, alarm bells need to start ringing. These are the grand finalists from last year. They had a hell of a season last year. They damn near deserve to win that grand final, really, the way that they played the season. They just came across in Rooster's outfit, which was just unbelievable, I think, on the day. Um, and, and, and of course, for the majority of the season last year. Um, yeah, look, Ricky Stewart knows that. Um, I think Ricky's major concern is that if it gets, you know, he, he needs to fix it now, which he says he can. He doesn't want to throw away all the hard work that they've done, and not just this year, but last year and the previous two, three seasons. Um, and, and that's the fear that he has, I think, is that, you know, they, they could potentially lose all of that hard work they've done to gain uh, the kind of stature that they do have in the NRL as one of the best teams. They, they want that label. They've earned it. They've played for it. And now Ricky doesn't want to lose it. So he's got a bit of work to do. Um, but it'll be surprising to see how they go over the coming weeks. I was surprised at this one. I, I didn't pick it. I thought that the Raiders would, you know, win. Um, I didn't think that they'd win comfortably, but I, I was picking them in to win this game. They were odds on at $1.56 uh, compared to Manly's two forty four. So, yeah, it was a surprise to myself. But obviously, um, Brad, you didn't see it that way. And we'll just have, no. to, see what, um, we'll just have to see what happens this weekend. Yeah, definitely, which leads us into the last game of the round, which was the uh, the Sharks squeaking a win over the Bulldogs, 20-18 to 18 at Bankwest Stadium. Um, Sione Katoa, I think, was the difference for the Sharks. He got the first hat-trick of his career. But the Bulldogs, they almost got a victory there, but the, um, the Sharks managed to just hold on. Um, I thought the Harves and Sean Johnson and Chad Townsend we're on the same page after Chad had missed some time off and um, it makes the Sharks competitive, but they're still a lower tier team right now with um, the likes of the Dragons, the Warriors, the Broncos. What did you think of the game? Yeah, I thought, um, I, I didn't think much of it, to be honest. It wasn't the most exciting rugby league that you'd see two, you know, bottom place teams having a go. Uh, lackluster attack formulas from both sides at the moment. So really it was, who can score the points and who can keep us out kind of thing. It wasn't really um, speed rugby league as such. So, yeah, there's a bit of um, – you can see it when you see two uh, of the lower teams playing each other. The the momentum of the game is just not as such compared to the game perhaps that you saw with uh, the you know the Panthers of the Storm or even the Eels and the Roosters. So, um, yeah, it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was tough to watch, to be honest. But – um, you know, there, there's an issue for Dean Pay, um, you know, and, and it's a job issue. Job security uh, is looking more and more, um, you know, unbalanced for him, I guess you could say. He's now lost five of the six last, lost five of the last six games. And, um, yeah, do they sack him or do they keep him? He's won 19 out of 54 games at 35% over three seasons. Um, the Anderson, uh, Chris Anderson, I don't know if anyone, you, 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 you probably know him, uh, former uh, uh, player, I think, for the Bulldogs as well. Very proud uh, um, Canterbury, sorry, Canterbury, very proud Canterbury Bankstown, um, you know, uh, a person. And his wife is actually the chairman of the um, rugby league club. And yeah, they've, they've uh, you know, Dean Pay, whilst he was dealt a, a rubbish set of card and they're a troubled team, they're going to have to make a decision as to what they want to do up there. So um, it's a member base. It's a member-based club, and there are there are uh, sounds that Wayne Bennett could potentially be the answer. Yeah, it seems seems like every team is trying to get Wayne Bennett at the moment. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think Dean Dean Pay is going to be joining Cooney sooner rather than later, um, and the 
um, free agencies of coaches. I don't see them, like you said, 19 from 54 in the last three years. It's it's not painting a pretty picture, and there doesn't seem to be a, a light at the end of the tunnel for them unless they change something. So they're, they're, they are generally a good team. Um, they just had a bit of, I don't know what's happened, um, some bad luck and some some bad form, some bad decisions and signings. So, yeah, they're going to need to to um, make a new game plan. Well, let's have a look at the ladder there um, as we wrap up round six. Um, it's interesting to see, you know, your top, your, your, your top teams there on that ladder. And, um, you know, like you say, the Eels, the Knights, Panthers, they're all playing pretty good football. And at the bottom end, obviously, you have the likes of the Warriors, the Bulldogs, the Titans. So, yeah, it's 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 shaping up to be, you know, uh, you know, a Sydney-based uh, affair this year because obviously North Queensland and Brisbane and the Titans are all down there. So it really is looking like a, a New South Wales uh, battle as such. And um, yeah, at the moment, I mean, obviously still early days, but uh, the Roosters, surprisingly, there they they have actually lost a couple of games. Um, possibly lost one or two before COVID. And, yeah, they, uh, lost, they lost both, both they the lost first both, two yeah. rounds. So they basically won four on the trot. The Panthers, I believe that they've won four on the trot because I believe their draw was before COVID as well, correct? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, and the Knights, well, look at them. In second place, I'm, I'm really happy to see them up there because um, a couple of weeks ago, even if you saw them, uh, it didn't look likely with the amount of injuries they had. They came out in that round three encounter, I believe it was, Brad, and uh, lost. But um, they're looking more and more likely. The teams that are on the fringe of the ruck, I guess you could say the West Tigers and the Cowboys, um, followed by your bottom tier teams, really. I mean, for the Dragons to be ahead of us, that just um, is really disappointing, to be honest with you. Yeah, it just shows you how tight it is in that bottom eight, where if you can string a couple of wins together, you can shoot yourself up. But I I would put money on the, the eight you see there is the eight you see at the end of the end of the rounds um i don't know there might be a few that try to sneak in but i think you could lock that in obviously though i think a few of them will go up a few of them will go down but i think that's the eight we're going to see in playoffs you could be very well right about that that is a very good point actually though that eight there i think you might you might have just nailed it on the head i don't really see too much from the bottom there i mean we hope the warriors can do something with peyton but the reality is it's going to be another hard slog, another 23rd year that we're going to be on the receiving end of more misery and disappointment, unfortunately. But we'll keep we'll keep the faith and we'll keep moving. You know that is our team, and we want them to succeed. So, but let's have a look at um, let's have a look at this week's picks now. And uh, basically, yeah. quick questions before we go on to the picks. Oh, sorry. Yes, uh, we've got Paul. Paul, uh, obviously, with a few questions um, from our so listeners. If I was listening to you right, you're saying the Cowboys made the, the grand final last year and you're saying even though they're in 10th, you can't see them making the finals this year? Uh, no, the grand, uh, the Cowboys didn't make the grand final last year. The Cowboys made the grand final in 2000. And, Brad, was it 2015 or 17 where they beat the Broncos with Thurston? Okay, so I, I, I misheard you. Sorry. Okay, I, went I, think, I think it was 17. I think it was 17, yeah. The... Um, so no, I, I, it's, uh, so so who was the grand final last year? Um, I was Ro- Roosters and Raiders. Oh, the Raiders. Okay, they're up in fifth. Okay, so yeah, you're right. Okay, that's all fine then. Um, so yeah, just 
are there any names that you can really see um, coming in to be the next uh, Warriors coach? I mean, that, that's basically where most of the um, sorts of questions are. Yeah, about who would you like to see take over from Kearney? Do you have, do you have actual oh, names? Yes, Aaron Vincent. Um, Aaron has uh, tuned in. He's a, he's a, a colleague of mine from Melbourne, actually, former colleague. Um, it's good to have Aaron um, listening into the program. Yeah, um, who would I like to see? I mean, I would like to see someone like Wayne Bennett take over the Warriors. Paul Green, um, obviously, he's having a bit of a difficult time at the Cowboys at the moment. He's been, you know, there's a lot of uh, noise about him coming down to the Warriors. But, yeah, I just, I think that, you know, if if someone like uh, uh, Wayne Bennett is interested in coming down under and, and, and trying to see if he can do something with his Warriors side, we, we need something like that, a an inspirational figure to come down under and be like, right, we're going to play some rugby league, lads. Yeah, no, I'm going a different tact on it because I like to be different. But um, no one's really talked about them yet. But I would go, if you could get them, um, I would go for the Walker brothers. Um, they're both guy. Um, they both played in the NRL. They're, they've been having quite a <laughs> little stint um, coaching in reserve grade. And their style, their coaching style and their style of play is a very um, exciting, flamboyant style, much like what the Warriors are known for before the Cooney era. And I think um, they're young. It would be a, a chance for them to get into to the top, uh, into the first grade to get some coaching experience, if they're even being looked at or if they're even interested in another story. But I think... Um, Warriors fans want to see them running the ball around again, and those guys are definitely um, coaches that can bring that out. But it's a, it's a bit left field, but uh, but I like it. Um, so Simon thinks it would not be good for the game for the Roosters to do a three peeps. What do you guys think? Would it be would it be bad for the game for the Roosters to to get uh, absolutely not. absolutely not? Like I mean, this game of rugby league has been going on since the late eighteen hundreds. Um, since 1908, we've had this Australian Rugby League competition. And I think you'll find that for an 11-year period, I think from 59 to 70, South Sydney won 11 straight premierships. It does not tarnish the game in any way. It, it makes it other teams more hungry to come out and, and fight. Um, you know, I mean, in many ways, you know, like you, you have your you – you like let's take, for example, another sport such as the NBA. You had the Golden State Warriors win it three, four seasons in a row, missed a season one, two more. Now they don't even look like winning for the next five, six, seven years. That's the nature of the sport. Um, rugby league, hey, look, um, you, you didn't. You generally do see the top team sort of hover around that top um, area for a couple of seasons, generally. It's not just one or two. Like the Warriors, I think they made the grand final no one, but I think 2000, they were also there, thereabouts. And then in the Cleary era, in the 2010-11 seasons, I think you'll find that they were also very much near the top of the table. So they generally hang around there. So seeing one team win it three times, no, in my opinion, it does not, um, it's not, it, is, it, it, it doesn't ruin the game in any way. I don't think it ruins the game, but I don't want to see it. I'm not a Roosters fan, but I, like, I really wanted the Raiders to win it last year. I think you get a oh, lot absolutely. more the drama and the four for the team, the player or the fans that aren't invested in the teams that are in the final, that underdog story I think is is really good. So um, it, technically that means it could be good for the Roosters to um, be up there because they can they're big and ugly enough to be the bad guy. 
that um, you want to see get beaten in the grand final. Um, unfortunately, they're just usually too too good to lose in that game. But it, it helps paint a, a, a story for those of us that aren't invested in each team that are in the grand final to go for the underdog and and see it. Um, I think the Eels are the fairy tale story at the moment. Um, so if it was the Eels Roosters grand final, I think they'd have a lot of people back in the Eels. Um, as long as the grand final's good, I, I'm I'm not too faced. As long as it's a, an exciting game, um, yeah. So I, I don't think it will it will it will ruin the game. But yeah, hopefully hopefully you get a few more teams that haven't won it in a while get there and get the win. Cool. And just finally there, uh, yeah. Um, Aaron's uh, go, go goes for Tuvi. He reckons would be his pick um, for the uh, to, for, to to coach the Warriors. But uh, I'll let you get on it's with. Still, the- yeah. Let's see what happens over the next couple of weeks. The news will obviously come out uh, in terms of who they're looking for. They'll they'll drag it out, and we probably won't know for a good part of the season as to who will be the um, coach. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Lots yeah. of speculation then for us for the next uh, next few weeks. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, we'll have a look at the um, uh, Brad. We'll have a look at our picks over the weekend, and um, you know our round six picks. Um, this this on the weekend just gone. We both managed to pick six teams out of the eight to win, so a pretty successful weekend at that. And the only difference is really, uh, Brad, was the fact that I chose the Dragons over the Titans, and I thought I had one up on you because I'm one behind overall. You see, um, yeah. I'm at 14 out of 24 after this round, and Brad is at 15 out of 24. So going into this week, I was trying to get one up on him, so I went. The Dragons over the Titans, and they did win their second game in a row, which um, I'm happy to say. But I did not see the Sea Eagles beating the Raiders. Yeah, it was it was tough luck for you there, but um, I'm happy to still get the lead. So yeah, no. So Brad, Brad's in the lead after um, six rounds, and if we basically go into round seven, um, you know, we've got a quick preview of the round here. Uh, basically, what we've got on um, what we've got on Thursday night. We've got the Panthers versus the Rabbitohs. The Panthers playing $1.71 against the Rabbitohs, two fifteen. On Friday night, we've got the Storm versus the Warriors. Um, the Storm paying $1.17 to the Warriors, five ten. No surprises there, Brad, considering what's considering the news this week. Yeah, definitely. And um, the uh, rookie superstar Katoa, it's been announced today that he's been he's out for three weeks, which is a huge loss for the Warriors. And what was already going to be a tough game. Yeah, and then the, uh, on Friday we've also got the uh, Roosters versus the Dragons. Um, oh, Roosters paying a dollar ten to the Dragons, seven dollars. So no hope there for the Dragons, really, is what the bookies are saying. Um, but yeah, that looks like a bit of a blowout. Um, Saturday fixtures, Brad. Yeah, Saturday fixtures. We got the uh, Cowboys versus the Knights. Uh, Knights are favourites at a dollar thirty-four to the Cowboys, three dollars thirty. Uh, we also got the Broncos and Titans game, which the Titans are paying $3.37 to the Broncos, $1.33. Um, that's, um, and then the last game. That. Yeah, we'll yep. just come back to the game a little bit. Sorry to interrupt you there, Brad. Yep. Okay. Um, and then the last game on Saturday is the Eels versus the Raiders. Uh, Raiders paying $2.34 to the Eels, $1.61. And then on Sunday, we've got the Sea Eagles versus the Sharks and the Bulldogs versus the Tigers. Sea Eagles are paying $1.63. Um, should should beat the Sharks, I would say. I'm surprised that they're only at $1.63 to two twenty eight. to be honest. I see the Sharks, I see the Sea Eagles running rampant, um, to be honest with you, over the Sharks. And the Bulldogs and the Tigers, well, yeah, 
again, um, another boring kind of encounter, really, in terms of uh, the rugby league that they're both playing at the moment. Um, but hey, look, the Tigers, they did manage to smash out six tries. They just weren't in exceptionally convincing fashion. So um, they're against the Bulldogs, who are paying uh, $2.60 at Bankwest on Sunday. So that wraps up round seven. Um, obviously, we'll be here next week to go through the round in its entirety and give you our opinion on how it unfolded. Um, for round seven, um, we've just gone to our picks for the week. So um, obviously, Brad, on the on the Thursday, you're picking the you're picking the Panthers. Yeah, I'm picking the Panthers. Um, I think they're looking too good right now. Yep. No, I have to agree. I think the Panthers for me as well. On Friday, um, we're picking the Storm against the Warriors. It's sad to say at the moment. Um, the Warriors are going to have a few weeks of turmoil where they're going to have to just sort of be in recovery mode. So I don't really see them coming away with the with the drinks on the weekend. Um, no surprises on Saturday. Uh, the Roosters, I think that they're going to be one up on um, the Dragons. Um, so I don't think the Dragons have any show of coming to the party with that. Um, the Knights, Brad, against the Cowboys. How do you see that one? Yeah, I've got the Knights. Um, Cowboys are still heading downhill and the Knights the Knights are, are looking good. So I think that one's going to be a, a one-sided victory there. And then it comes to the Titans and the Broncos. And um, I am going to back the Titans on this one. I need to somehow get one up on uh, Brad and... And I just have uh, a feeling the Broncos, they're going from bad to worse at the moment. They had a shocker of a game the other day. Seabull's not doing well. Toxic culture. Titans, this is your chance to come away with the points. Yeah, the Titans beat me last week. So I I, I backed them and they, they disappointed me. So they'll probably do it again and get the win here. But I'm going with the Broncos, I think. The Broncos, they're, they're losing a lot of confidence. And I think if they lose to the Titans, I think that's like the death blow for their confidence because they've always seen the Titans as little brother. So if they if they come away with a loss there, I think they're in a lot of trouble. So I think they'll squeak a win out. Well, let's hope it is the death blow because I would love to see the Titans get one up on this depleted Broncos outfit at the moment. Um, no disrespect to the Broncos. I just think the Titans are playing some good football and they deserve a few wins this year. So you might as well have it against this uh, Broncos team. Obviously, um, we've got uh, after that on the weekend, the other games that we've got. Uh, sorry, just give me bear with me. Um, you're backing in the Eels on Sunday against, yeah. against the, the Raiders. Raiders. You're back. Yes. Okay. So, sorry. I'm just lost the wrong page there. Eels against the Raiders on Sunday. I am potentially looking at. Um, I was potentially looking at backing the Raiders in for this one, but the way that the Eels have played the first four games uh, of the season, um, and, and of course, yes, that loss on the weekend there, I just think that the loss wasn't too bad. It was against a very solid Roosters outfit. I think they were strong in many areas, and I think that they are going to be too powerful for this uh, Canberra team who is lacking attack at the moment, Brad. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, they're, they're just looking too good right now. So I think it's it's... It'll be, a, I think it will probably be another game of the round type scenario. Um, and hopefully it's a close score. But yeah, I still think they're going to come away with the win there. And then, of course, we end up with uh, the other two games, the other two pictures basically Sea Eagles um, versus the Sharks. I've got the Sea Eagles for this one, as does Brad. And we've got the Bulldogs versus the Tigers. And Brad, uh, we're both backing in the Tigers for that one. That's right. Yeah. So that means we've only got one game different, which is the, uh, the Titans Broncos game. 
That is correct. So I'm hoping that um, it doesn't matter what happens in all the other games. As long as the Titans win, then we will be level pegging come the start of round eight. Um, so let's see what happens um, in regards to that. Now we'll just cover up some news from across the uh, from from around the world. Sorry, um, and basically in the Super League, um, still aiming for a mid-August start. Uh, and yeah, we just haven't heard too much about um, you know anything in the women's game at this stage. But yeah, the Super League now they are, they are um, aiming for a mid-August start, Brad. Yeah, and Simon Simon's bit us to the punch here. I see, but um, the uh, RFL and Sky have actually reached a new deal. Um, due to the COVID break, they're not reducing the payments this year, but they're going to lower the payments in 2021. So um, each team gets a payment from Sky um, Sky Sports there. So they're, they're going to take a bit of a hit next year, but they're okay this year, um, which I think a lot of people expected with the fact that the, the season's actually stopped right now. But um, hopefully they get it started soon because um, there's a nice big front rower over there that's coming to the Warriors next year and I wanted to have some rest before before he has to come and play for us. No, exactly. Um, so, yeah, like I said, there's nothing um, more to report at this stage from the overseas uh, games um, because the competition simply hasn't started. So uh, that basically wraps us up for episode four of season one, uh, the standoff here on New Zealand Sport Radio with Brad. Thanks for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. We do appreciate your time, and we hope that you'll tune in next Wednesday. Yeah, and for your weekly updates on Rugby League, tune into the podcast on iArtRadio or Facebook. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.